Welcome to Say When, a podcast for anyone who's had enough of restrictive diets, feeling bad about their bodies, or believing they can never be worthy or valued until they lose weight. Had enough of diet culture? Then it's time to say when. Hi there. I want to welcome you to my podcast where we explore the complex journey of self-discovery and body acceptance. I'm your host, Holly Toscanini, and I'm going to invite you to join me as we dive deep into the transformative power of embracing our bodies and finding peace with our self-worth. Now, I started this podcast a year ago as a way to share my personal mission to start an essential conversation around food and body image, as well as share the extraordinary and comprehensive changes that can take place when you eliminate diet culture from your life. I've dedicated my career to a holistic approach to health, which is the essence of my non-diet coaching program. This approach is really about so much more than just eating intuitively or accepting your body. It's about understanding that our relationship with food in our body impacts everything, our self-confidence, our mental and physical health, our emotional well-being, the relationships we have, the careers, and so much more. My story might be a lot like yours. For as long as I can remember, I've struggled with body image and the relentless pursuit of a smaller body. Now, growing up in a family where dieting was just a normal day-to-day activity, I found myself caught in a perpetual cycle of weight loss and gain. And some of my earliest memories are filled with attempts to change my body, seeking validation and acceptance through restrictive diets and some pretty ridiculous exercise routines. But I've come to realize that the issue runs deeper than simply losing weight. It's about confronting the disconnect I've felt from my own body and the societal pressures that perpetuated my insecurities. The more I sought external validation through weight loss, the more I realized I needed to address the core issues affecting my self-esteem. Now, Because I was always so driven by this deep desire to transform my relationship with food and my body, I embarked on a personal journey of self-discovery, and it led me to study and gain multiple certifications in nutrition and fitness and coaching, eventually working as a wellness coach and a health educator. But even as I achieved weight loss and physical fitness, the deeper emotional and spiritual aspects were unaddressed. It was during this time that I discovered the transformative power of a non-diet approach to health and wellness. I shifted my coaching practice away from weight loss and began guiding my clients toward embracing body neutrality, self-empowerment, and emotional well-being. Now, together with my clients, we embark on a journey of self-coaching, challenging societal standards and norms, and unraveling the beliefs that shaped our relationship with our bodies. And through this process, I began to see my body as more than just an object to be critiqued or controlled. I learned to nourish it holistically, embracing self-care practices that fed my soul as much as my physical needs. And day by day, I witnessed a transformation in my mindset and a shift toward self-acceptance and self-love. And now I'm thrilled to bring all of this knowledge and experience to Say When, a podcast dedicated to exploring the complexities of body image, self-worth, and the impact of diet culture on our lives. Through 
insightful conversations and inspiring stories, we will dive deep into the profound connection between our beliefs about food, body image, and our inherent value. Now, in the first few episodes of the podcast, we explored some of the concepts of diet culture, chronic dieting, and body neutrality. You see, diet culture involves the preoccupation with our physical appearance, together with adhering to those perfect eating standards. Diet culture includes obsessive discussions about calorie limits, the types of foods we're going to eat, the types of foods we're not going to eat, exercise expectations, and just about any other method we use to lose weight. Some of those examples could be um, labeling some food as good or bad, um, exercising to burn off calories or to earn what you get to eat. Maybe you limit or avoid entire food groups for being bad, like no sugar, no fat, right? Maybe you feel guilty or ashamed for some of the things that you eat. Or maybe you are constantly trying to suppress your natural appetite with caffeine or nicotine or weight loss medications. Maybe you avoid certain social situations so you don't have to eat in front of people. Or maybe you just feel unworthy or unattractive because of your body. Maybe you weigh yourself and change your behavior based on the number on the scale. Am I good or bad today because of what the scale says, right? Or maybe you participate in some fat shaming or body shaming behaviors or talk, whether you mean to or not. Can you identify with any of those examples? I know I sure did. I have to admit, realizing how brainwashed I was by diet culture really made me angry, and I felt like such an idiot. I had been duped into thinking there was only one way to look that was acceptable. For all the women in the world, one way. I bought into the idea that only young, thin bodies were desirable or worthy. It made me angry, but I was also scared too. I mean, I had so many questions spinning through my mind. You might have some of these too. I mean, questions like, what's going to happen if I totally quit dieting or if I totally quit focusing on calories in versus calories out? I mean, would it matter so much if I regained a few pounds if I also regained all of the time or energy or money that I'd wasted on trying to be small? I also wanted to know, did this mean that my desire to be thin or to be accepted by society or have a body that was quote-unquote desirable, was that wrong? Or did it mean that I was already inherently worthy? I was born valuable and lovable. I also wanted to know if I would ever be able to love myself in a body that wasn't my ideal weight. Or did it mean I could define what ideal meant? I mean, maybe my ideal weight is whatever weight I'm at when I'm living a life that makes me happy, satisfied, or full of joy. And let's face it, none of us are getting any younger. Does getting older and gaining weight make us irrelevant as women? If we aren't young and thin and wrinkle-free, do we just throw in the towel or... Can we embrace our experience and wisdom and be empowered by that? Now, all of these thoughts were spinning through my head, and I wanted to know what would I have left if there was no more calorie counting, no more diet plans or protocols, no weighing, no measuring, no tracking my steps or minutes of activity, letting all of uh, go of all of that? It sounded crazy, but it also was pretty liberating, and I wanted to know more. What I learned is that most of us have had difficult experiences in life, sometimes as a result of our weight. And all of those things can be traumatic. Unfortunately, not everyone is able to acknowledge or have the resources to resolve those events in a healthy or productive way. And the more of these 
traumas we experience, the more likely we are to use foods like food as a coping behavior. The other interesting thing is that trauma like that can also lead to developing autoimmune diseases, depression, and addiction. Now, a lot of us become people pleasers and perfectionists, and we just want to numb ourselves from feeling anything uncomfortable with food or TV or social media, even drugs and alcohol. We do anything that helps us feel more in control, more safe, or loved. And controlling our food intake or our weight helps us feel accepted and worthy. Unfortunately, even if we lose weight, we never gain the acceptance or confidence we so desperately want. We also gain the weight back and then we feel like failures. So how do we change years, in my case decades, of diet culture programming? We do it by changing the way we think. Simple, right? But not always easy. See, we start by learning how to be accepting of ourselves and learning the power of feeling neutral about our bodies. We don't have to take the leap from hating our bodies to loving them. We don't have to rush into that. Next, we're going to focus on relearning how to trust our bodies and to step away from trying to constantly control what we eat. We do this by practicing intuitive eating. Then we need to consider this. What if our obsession with dieting and exercise and weight loss, all of it, is an attempt to compensate for a lack of fulfillment in our lives, an unfulfilled soul or lack of purpose? If we feel unworthy or don't feel like we belong, then it's time to really start listening to our inner wisdom, our higher self, our inherent intuition. But you can't do that if you don't trust yourself or your body. You see, women, (laughs) we've wasted so much of our precious and valuable time and energy dieting and essentially putting our entire lives on hold until we reach our goal weight. We spend our energy forcing ourselves into some unattainable shape instead of going out into the world and being a part of it. Diet culture was created to control and manipulate women, not to help us be any happier or any healthier. It just distracts us from embracing our natural beauty and talents and passionately living our lives to their fullest potential. Now, when I talked about chronic dieting, I want you to know I got the definition from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, and it says chronic dieting is really just going off and on a calorie-restricting diet for over two years or being obsessed with weight and size. That's it. I mean, who hasn't done that? This seems totally normal because everybody I know is on a diet. And if we see, if if we don't we don't see these people as undisciplined, glutinous, glutinous, gluttonous, or lazy, if you're not dieting, we're suspicious of you. I mean, why don't you seem to care about yourself or how you look, right? There's got to be something wrong. You see, chronic dieting, it just it gives us the illusion of control over our bodies and our lives for that matter. It can give you a temporary high when you feel successful. I mean, when you get on the scale and you see that something has changed, it's pretty powerful. It's pretty seductive. Unfortunately, it also makes us feel pretty bad about ourselves because if that number is not what we want it to say, we feel like we failed our diet and ourselves. It makes us feel like we aren't as moral or virtuous by always working towards being healthy when it comes to food. Dieting proves we have self-control, right? It perpetuates a cycle of restriction and then binging on food. We 
I mean, who hasn't had that last chance feeding frenzy the night before you start your next diet or detox or cleanse? I think we've all done it. I know I have. It just teaches you to disconnect from your body and ignore your natural hunger cues. And the worst thing is, it keeps us bound to the belief that our happiness is always sometime in the future when we've reached our goal weight. Chronic dieting is nothing but a form of perfectionism. It gives a fear. It's a fear of giving up control and and trusting ourselves to eat intuitively and enjoy our food. We need to recognize that we're worth loving no matter what we weigh. I think researcher Brene Brown said that understanding the difference between healthy striving or healthy habits and perfectionism is critical to laying down that shield and kind of picking up your life. She said that research shows that perfectionism hampers success. In fact, it's often the path to depression, anxiety, addiction, and life paralysis. Life paralysis. How do you recover from that? How do you walk away from diet culture and chronic dieting? Well, you start by just choosing to let go of the diet mindset and learn to be more mindful and then practice intuitive eating. Practice some self-compassion and curiosity instead of judgment. Embrace emotional and stress eating. They happen. They're not always bad things. They're actually just coping mechanisms. When I began the process of detoxifying from diet culture, I realized I was a chronic dieter. I mean, how could I not be? And it was time for that to end. No more diets, no more restricting or limiting foods. I had labeled a lot of foods as good or bad before, and if I wanted something, I gave myself unconditional permission to eat it. Part of my obsession with dieting was all about tracking calories in and calories out. I logged my food, and I weighed myself every single day. Also, I decided I wasn't going to track my every move. No more focusing on the scale or the size of my clothes. If it fits, I wear it. I don't care what the number says. It was scary, and it was exciting all at the same time. I'd been wearing a fitness tracker almost every single day and most nights for more than four years. And when I took that thing off, the first thought that went through my head was, if I'm not tracking it, it doesn't count. Ridiculous, I know, but it's that kind of obsession that was making me nuts. And the more I learned about eating psychology, mindful and intuitive eating, and self-coaching, the less I focused on what I ate, and I started turning my attention to how I ate and why I was eating. Eventually, I began to feel safe around food, and I know you can too. See, accepting my body as it is has been one of the most challenging and rewarding undertakings in my life. I know that's a pretty strong statement, but doing this work helped me uncover some real deep beliefs I had about not being valuable or worthy. I can't remember a time in my life when I thought my body was okay the way it was. No matter what size I was, I always felt like I needed to be just a little smaller and then everything would be okay. And once I recognized these beliefs and started to question where they came from, it gave me an opportunity to practice new thoughts about myself and my worthiness that had absolutely nothing to do with what I looked like. It empowered me to go out into the world and live a life that I liked, no matter how I thought I looked. For me, changing my thoughts about my body made it possible to really begin to practice intuitive eating. Once I was able to trust my body... I could then learn to trust the messages it was giving me about being hungry or full or satisfied. You see, having a poor body image is totally normal, and it's not our fault that we don't like our bodies. 
I mean, let's face it, our whole lives, we've been bombarded with messages from diet culture that tell us we aren't good enough if we don't look a certain way. And, you know, here are some of the most common ways I've found that we all try to cope with a poor body image. So listen and tell me if anything sounds like you. Going on, extreme diets or exercise programs. Check. Engaging in relentless negative self-talk. Check, check. (laughs) Experiencing self-hate or constantly comparing yourself to others. Maybe you feel disempowered because of the way you look or believe that you're not lovable in the body you have right now. Maybe you isolate yourself and avoid social situations, especially if food's being served. Or maybe you're just always in a little bit of a low mood, feeling a little depressed, a little anxious, or a little hopeless. Or maybe you even feel like you're just not interested in doing anything anymore. Sound familiar? You want to know what doesn't work for healing body image? Trying to force your body to change? (laughs) Believing that an ideal or a perfect body will make us love ourselves more and make our lives magically wonderful is a bunch of baloney. Doing anything we do to our body that's driven by self-hate, judgment, or as an act of punishment is bound to fail. And I hate to tell you this, but fantasizing about how much magical or better your life is going to be once you change the way you look is a fairy tale that never has a happy ending. I've been able to accept my body by practicing self-compassion and a combination of self-care, self-respect, and self-trust. Also by expanding my personal definition of beauty beyond just physical appearance. Healing our body image is a journey. It takes us through a process of uncovering our thoughts and feelings and then understanding how we got to this place of dissatisfaction or for some, even self-loathing. So at this point, you might be asking yourself, you know, do I really have to love my body? The answer is no. I've read that a quarter of our self-esteem is the result of how we feel about our bodies. And for most of us, it's just way too big an ask to go from hating our bodies or the way we look, to loving them. I don't care how many affirmations you say, it's hard, especially if you're over 40 and expected to not only be thin, but also wrinkle-free and look 20 years younger than you actually are. You know, an interesting fact is the average one-way model is 5'11 and weighs about 117 pounds. Now, according to the CDC, the average woman is 5'4 and over 165. Do you see a disconnect there? I think it's also important to call out that 22% of what makes us look the way we do is genetics, and only 15 is diet and exercise. So out of 100% of all of the things in the world that influence how we look, diet and exercise are 15%. Wow. See, we're trying to force our bodies to conform to a shape or a size that's attainable by only about 5% of the population. The diet industry knows this, but they keep telling us anything is possible if we just follow the right diet and exercise program. That's gaslighting. You don't have to continue to believe it. Remember, diet culture tells us that to be healthy, to be happy, and to be successful and desirable, we've got to change the way we look. Let's face it, most of the thoughts we have about our bodies are pretty negative. Sometimes we are so focused on our imperfections that we don't go out in the world and enjoy our lives. We're too busy worried about what our legs look like in shorts and do my arms look fat in this top and I can't possibly wear a bathing suit to the pool or the beach, right? This is why beginning with the concept of body neutrality is helpful. It begins by learning to appreciate our body for what it can do, 
not how it looks. It's the idea that we can learn to live our lives without having real strong feelings, good or bad, about our appearance. This is when most of the thoughts we have about our bodies are just neutral. We can then begin to trust our bodies and listen to all of the signals they give us about being hungry or full or satisfied or whatever. And once we start to feel comfortable with body neutrality, then we can start shifting to practicing body respect, which is just taking the time to care for ourselves and our bodies, no matter how we feel about them. We can wear clothes that fit. This is one great way to show your body respect. Stop hiding in things that are too big or too small. You don't have to love every single inch of your body, but we can care for our body and honor its needs nonetheless. We can begin to engage in health-promoting behaviors because we want to, not because we have to change the way we look. We can then begin to experience something called body freedom, and that's just the idea that only we get to choose what's right for our body, not anybody else. One of the most powerful shifts we can make in our thinking is this. The body is not an ornament, but a vehicle to experience life. There are no standards that it has to meet. Our body is a way for us to experience hunger and satisfaction, but the full spectrum of human emotions and feelings. It's here to help us dance and work and relax and enjoy sex, enjoy life. It's the home for our soul. We want to trust our bodies and show them respect. However, they don't define our value or our worth. The real solution begins with changing the thoughts we have about ourselves, our value, our worth, and our deservability. I think I just made that word up. Deservability. I like it. See, body image is more than just our reflection in the mirror. It's also how we feel about what we see and how we think about ourselves and how we act because of those thoughts. You know, recently my client Tammy said that this type of work has completely changed her life. She said that as soon as I began to trust and appreciate my body, I noticed a surge in my self-confidence. I started standing up for myself at work. My relationships improved, and I felt happier and healthier than ever before. It's like a ripple effect that starts with food and goes beyond that to every other aspect of your life. Or my client, Don, who said, Holly's program is the best investment I ever made. Changing how I relate to food and my body didn't just improve my mental and physical health. It's also dramatically enhanced my career and financial situation. I'm more motivated, more focused, and I've even seen an increase in my income as I've become more confident and self-assured. Pretty amazing. You know, we can start addressing our body image by practicing mindfulness and intuitive eating. We can begin to see our body through a lens of compassion and curiosity instead of judgment. We can stop weighing ourselves seriously, stay off the scale, at least for a little while. And we can resist the urge to compare ourselves to others. We are all beautiful and different, and that's the way it's supposed to be. We can decide to wear clothes that fit us and the body we have right now. We can start to practice self-care by overhauling our social media feeds and just deleting the accounts that make us feel bad about ourselves and only add the ones that promote acceptance of all body types. It's time to let go of the fantasy that our life will magically change for the better once we lose weight. And it's time to take our power back from diet culture. And you can begin this by learning how to accept the body you're in. Look, if you've got a poor body image, it's totally normal. It's not your fault that you don't like your body. Your whole life you've been bombarded with messages from diet culture that tell you you're not good enough if you don't look a certain way. It's time to take our power back from diet culture. We're going to do that now. So if you have any questions, or if you want to share ideas for future episodes, 
please send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram or reach out through my website, hollytoscanini.com. Together, we're going to learn how to listen to our bodies, trust our intuition, and rewrite the narratives that have held us back. In each episode, we're going to challenge diet culture standards, we're going to celebrate our bodies in all their diverse forms, and embrace the inherent worth and beauty within each one of us. Say When is our platform for healing, growth, and inspiration. I invite you to join me on this journey as we declare we have had enough of the cycle of self-criticism and self-doubt. Together, we'll define our relationship with our bodies and create a more compassionate and accepting world. Get ready to embark on a transformative adventure as we embrace the power of self-love and body acceptance. If you're feeling drawn to this non-diet approach, I encourage you to take the first step and schedule a free coaching call with me. In my program, we weave together the principles of life coaching, nutrition coaching, and health coaching to form a powerful strategy that can revolutionize not just how you eat, but how you live. Together, we can start exploring how this transformative program can empower you to redefine your relationship with food, your body, and ultimately your life. Remember, you're just one decision away from learning how to live your life with unconditional confidence, freedom, and joy. Thanks for listening.